This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo H-O-U. Great, great news to talk about in this one. Finally, we manifested it. I've been beating this drum for a while. The Houston Rockets electing to sign Armani Brooks to a four-year NBA standard contract. He absolutely deserves this deal. I couldn't be happier for Armani. He has worked his tail off to get to this point. You know, he's a, he's a bona fide shooter. Like it, I can't say enough good things about him. I'm excited. I'm happy that they made this move. And, you know, it took a little while. We were really pushing for it. And we're going to break down exactly what this means, you know, as far as who might who might have to be moved, the expectations surrounding this deal. But really great to see Armani get the nod from the organization that they believe in him. They have faith in his abilities. Um, you know, it was really great because first off, the, the way that they went about it was a little strange uh, because first we got the news as reported by uh, Keith Smith from uh, Spotrack, Spotrack, Spotrack. I always call it Spotrack. Anyways, um, Keith Smith reporting that uh, the Rockets had actually converted his Exhibit 10 training camp deal into a two-way deal. And so I was like, kind of like, okay, like he's on a two-way deal. Okay, which two-way guy is going to bite the bullet? Uh, winds up being Tyler Bay, unfortunately. But, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, they're going to give him a two-way deal. I guess that's another shot. You know, it's better than nothing. It's better than him not making the roster at all. And then it turns out that they only converted him to a two-way deal because they then needed to, they basically had to convert him to a two-way deal to then convert, or I guess sign him to a standard NBA contract. Um, because apparently you can't convert, at per, per Keith Smith, you can't convert Armani Brooks to a new contract from a training camp deal. So they converted to a two-way deal first, and then they signed him to a, to a new deal after the fact. So good work by the Rockets front office, uh, all per Keith Smith uh, via Twitter. The new deal runs for four years. Um, the first year guaranteed, second year and third years non-guaranteed, and then the final year, uh, a team option. So a total of a $7.2 million deal, big chunk of that not guaranteed. So really, you know, really strong maneuvering by the front Rockets front office. They have a lot of team control there. Um, there's trigger dates on each of those subsequent non-guaranteed years where if Armani Brooks is on the roster past a certain point, then the year becomes guaranteed, that kind of thing. So it's a really team-friendly contract. And ultimately, the reason I was so, I don't know, exuberant about wanting to... Is exuberant the word I want? Yeah, we're going to go with that one. Uh the reason I was advocating so hard for Armani Brooks to get signed is because he is very clearly the best shooter on the Rockets roster. And there are question marks about exactly where you find the minutes for him to play 
alongside the rest of the stacked guard rotation. But if you scale things back a little bit and you don't include the guys who aren't here for the long term, right? If you if you only focus on the younger, you know, parts of the roster, then the Rockets realistically have five guys that they can play at the guard spot. Ibalavisa got Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Those are your two starters. It's your backcourt of the future. And then past those two guys, there's Dante Exum, there is Josh Christopher, and there's Armani Brooks. So suddenly the guard rotation doesn't look as full up when you don't include DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon in that mix of guys who are going to be absorbing a chunk of the minutes from those two spots this season, right? And it still kind of remains to be seen exactly where the Rockets decide to go with their depth chart. If those two guys even make it throughout the entirety of the season, we're going to talk about in the second segment exactly what move may or may not need to be made to make room for Armani Brooks and this new NBA standard deal because the Rockets have until Monday the 18th to make a move to clear out the rest of the roster and to get down to the 15-man uh, roster limit that the NBA has instituted. So they've got to make a subsequent move. Somebody either has to be waived, traded, or bought out. We're going to talk about that in a second. But... Even, you know, right before before we got the news about Armani's, you know, brand new contract, or I believe maybe a little bit later in the same day, uh, we had a, a there was a, a series of like serious XM uh, interviews done with Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate. And the guys from Sirius XM were asking him, hey, like, OK, you know, shoot it, you know, three point competition, shooting competition. Who's the best shooter on the Rockets? Are you worried about anybody else? And every single one of them, KPJ, Wood and Tate. Without hesitation, every single one of them, Armani Brooks, Armani, never seen a better shooter in my life than Armani. Like Jay Sean Tate even went, <laughs> Jay Sean Tate even went so far as to say Armani could be shooting from the other three point line. And I would think it has a chance of going in. That's how good of a shooter he is. So to see, you know, that level of confidence from his teammates and what he's able to do, you know, we've talked about it a lot all throughout last season. I mean, you know, his numbers from last season, he played what he played in 20 games, averaged 11.2 points, 3.4 rebounds and 1.5 assists in just 26 minutes per night. He throughout preseason throughout the first three games of preseason. He's nine of 16 from behind the three point arc. Uh, and he's also holds the record for the most three pointers made through the first 20 games of a career in NBA history. Remember, he held that he broke the record through like 17 games, uh, which were like he was tied with. I think the record at the time was tied between Dame and Steph, like most three-pointers made through 17 games of a, of a rookie season. Um, and so for him to now hold that career record, I mean, one, it's because he was getting a lot of, he was getting a lot of reps, <laughs> let's face it, because the Rockets just didn't have bodies. But still a really cool, you know, really cool record for Armani Brooks to hold. And the fact that you mention, you know, a na Armani's name with the likes of Dame, with Steph, he is a bona fide shooter. And the Rockets need that on their roster because they don't have another guy on this roster that you can point to and say, oh, he's a like just ice cold, you know, not not ice cold, eh, whatever. He's a knockout three point shooter, right? He's he's he is a bona fide three point specialist, three point threat, whatever you want to call it. Certified sharpshooter. They don't have another guy like that, unfortunately. Christian Wood was close to that last season. He was really solid from behind the arc. And we're going to talk about Christian Wood and, and what his role and identity is on this team a little bit because there was an interesting tidbit out of a recent Kelly Eco article over at The Athletic that I want to highlight and discuss. But 
Could not be happier for Armani Brooks. Really excited to see how they kind of fit him into the rotation, what their plans are for him in the future, how they balance this guard lineup between the veterans, the young guys. Because if you do include DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon, they've got seven playable guys at the guard spot, which again leads me to believe Josh Christopher's probably going to spend some time at the G League. Um, you know, depending on how many minutes they give to DJ and to Eric remains to be seen all of that but happy for armani brooks excited that the rockets have committed uh to him at least through this regular season you know again they can decide if they want to keep him for the entire four years or not but really excited to see where that goes coming up want to talk about the potential moves that may need to be made to clear space for armani brooks as well as what i mentioned with the identity for christian wood on this team and expectations for the final preseason game we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at prize picks Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks is offering more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. Just use promo code NBA to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected number. So don't have hesitate check out prizepicks.com and use promo code mba or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy and continuing on here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball now the thing about the new armani brooks signing is the rockets have to clear the roster space to actually have him on the roster right they are currently at 14 bodies plus the Dante Exum signing that they have, which is basically their 15th slot. So now committing the money to Armani Brooks, they need to either trade somebody, waive somebody or buy somebody out. And those options have a different level of likelihood for each one, right? So as far as I'm concerned, it goes in this from order of least likely to most likely. So the least likely route is a buyout, right? And I know everybody's like, oh, are they going to buy out John? No, it's it's not going to happen, right? It's, it's not happening this quickly. Um, so I, I'm going to just go ahead and throw buyout off the table. That's not happening. They're not going to manage to somehow buy out John Wall and clear a roster spot that way. So unfortunately, that 15th spot sucks because it's being dedicated to your assistant coach, John Wall. So basically, they've only got a 14-man roster to work with. Um, past that, you've got the ability to waive somebody or you've got the ability to trade somebody. Honestly, waiving somebody would be a lot easier because then you don't have to get another team involved. You don't have to acquiesce to certain trade demands, right? So it'd be really easy for the Rockets to just sit there and be like, oh, you know what? We're just going to, you know, we're just going to waive DJ Augustine or we're just going to waive Daniel Huss Jr. Because, you know, it, it, those guys each have one year remaining on their current deals. DJ Augustine's not guaranteed for his following season. So it's basically a one off deal. Um, So they could waive either of those guys, right? And just eat the salary for the season. But, both of those guys have some trade value, right? And there's other guys on this roster that do have some trade value, but I think those two are probably the two easiest contracts to move of, of the current Houston Rockets core group of 14, 14 guys. And it was actually David Wiener, uh, Bemathog on Twitter, who, you know, amateur, not, I can't even call him an amateur capologist. He's, you know, the, the salary cap guru for the Houston Rockets, um, suggested a trade that actually makes a lot of sense on both sides. Um, Goes off to say absolutely pure speculation, which, you know, that's what trade that's what trade hypotheticals are all the time. Um, but a trade constituting DJ Augustine and Daniel House Jr. 
to the Indiana Pacers for Jeremy Lamb and possibly like a second round draft pick uh, makes a good deal of sense for both sides. And the points that he included, House can fill in for injured TJ Warren for the Pacers. Uh, Indy gets a true point guard in DJ Augustine, somebody who can orchestrate their offense, generates a $10.5 million TPE for Indiana, opens the roster spot for the Houston Rockets, which is the main thing that they're trying to accomplish. And then Houston gets a pick and generates a $3.9 million TPE. So a lot of benefits on both sides of the deal here for the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers. I like this hypothetical. Now, here's the real question is, again, waiving a player is slightly easier than orchestrating a trade like this, but why would you waive a player that could bring you back some semblance of value, right? Be it a second round draft pick, be it a TPE, be it, you know, just garnering a little bit of favor with another NBA team that could actually use said player, right? Rather than forcing them to have to go out and sign the player themselves. Um, I wonder logistically why the rocket, like the rockets have to have their move lined up. Like that's, that's the big takeaway is they wouldn't have made this decision regarding Armani Brooks at the time that they did, if they didn't already have either their trade teed up or if they didn't already have their target in mind on the roster of who they're going to waive. Now it, it, it could be this trade. It could be something completely different, right? It could be this speculative, speculative, you know, Indiana Pacers trade. It could be a completely different trade out, you know, in a completely different ballpark. Maybe Eric Gordon gets moved, you know, suddenly to another team. Uh, maybe they found a suitor for him. You know, there's maybe John Wall to the Clippers happens. I don't know, right? It could be any number of different, you know, variations of a trade to clear a roster spot. But the point is the Rockets have their move in mind. Like this isn't something where they, they were just, flying by the seat of their pants, and they're like, you know what, we're going to sign our money. And uh, we haven't figured out the, what the next move is, but by golly gosh, we're going to get there, you know, by Monday the 18th. No, they have figured out what their next move is. They just haven't had to make said move yet. Probably wouldn't expect the move to be announced until after the final preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, we already know that Eric Gordon is not going to be available for that game due to his sore left ankle. Daniel Tice is also out of this game for unlisted reasons. I believe I want to double check on that before I make a fool of myself. Um, double checking, uh, sorry, out for rest. I apologize. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a couple guys that are already out there. Maybe, you know, the, again, the tinfoil hat theories keep running when, you know, whenever anybody is out, you know, Eric Gordon being out, ooh, is Eric Gordon getting trade? No, he's probably legitimately just out because of the ankle. You know, based on what Chris Gardner told us the other day from what he had seen at Rockets practice, Eric does not look to be 100% quite just yet. Probably is really out due to the actual ankle. It's not some, you know, illusion because they're about to facilitate a trade for him, right? Danny House Jr. remains the interesting one, right? He's not out. He's working, you know, he's with the Rockets at practice, but didn't play in the Toronto game. I mean, there's a lot of question marks about what's going on there. But we'll probably not find out exactly what the move is from the Houston Rockets front office until after the Spurs game. Uh, I'm interested to see what they pull off, whether it's just something simple and they clear some caps or clear a roster spot. Maybe it's something a little bit more complex where they do bring back an asset or two. Right. It'll be really fun to see what what happens there. And like I alluded to in the first segment, if they do incorporate a trade that involves one of, if not potentially both DJ Augustine and or Eric Gordon, then that opens up even more minutes in the backcourt for Armani Brooks, for Josh Christopher, potentially for Dante Exum, those guys to get the actual reps they need to really, again, focus on this newfound youth movement, which again, I think all Rockets fans and even sections of the media, right? We're just, 
ready to just say, let's move on from the veterans, right? Like, let's give the reins to the young guys, let them go out there, do their thing, let them sink or swim on their own um, and see how it all plays out. But I do want to highlight one more area from the Christian Wood topic uh, that I mentioned earlier from Kelly Eco's most recent, recent, wow, Okay, that's cool. I'm just going to talk with a lisp for the rest of the podcast Um, from Kelly Ego's most recent athletic article where he answered some mailbag questions and spoke about the role of Christian Wood on this team. So I want to talk about that as well as a couple expectations for the Rockets final preseason game. Going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Theragun. Look, don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete like KPJ or Jalen Green or Christian Wood or just someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just even like the stress of everyday life, right? There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. And another message from our friends over at Built Bar, because look, if you haven't had a protein bar, you actually like bit into and enjoyed, you've got to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. Going down the list, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. It's the best one that they have. It's so good, right? Check them out. They're, they're I mean, every single bar, low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're tasty. Like they're basically a candy bar that's jam packed with protein because they're not gritty. They're not chalky like other protein bars on the market. They're delicious, easy to chew They're And every single bar jam packed with protein. They're great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight and you can check them out. Just visit built.com and use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. I want to drop a quick shout out to the Astros. Good luck in the ALCS. Um, I am wearing an Astro shirt that I can't show all of, um, but if you're interested in checking out uh, some really dope Astro shirts designs, be sure to go check out Apollo HOU. We've also got our Astro shirt, or sorry, I apologize, our Rockets shirt designs up there. Uh, got some designs for Alper and Shingoon, for Josh Christopher, for Usman Garuba. Uh, We're working on a really cool Kevin Porter Jr. design. If you want to see the design and get an idea for it, go check out Kevin Porter Jr.'s uh, avatar on Twitter to get a feel for what's dropping very, very soon. Now, this final segment, I want to focus on this little tidbit from the athletic article by Kelly Eco, as well as just a couple of the expectations for the final preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Expecting it to be like a, I'll get to the preseason game in a second. So in this article uh, by Kelly Eco of The Athletic, you know, talking about uh, skills and improvements that players have worked on, on, you know, throughout the offseason. And Kelly highlights Christian Wood and his ball handling, right? And, and being somebody who's more comfortable having the ball in his hands, operating as a playmaker, as opposed to just a rim running big or a pick and pop threat, which is largely the role that he occupied last season. 
And there was a, you know, a little section in here that says, you know, Wood, you know, wasn't the happiest camper about his involvement in the offense. And by signing Tice, Wood was allowed to slot back to a position that suits him better. So much has been made about whether or not Christian, you know, can actually can can effectively be the four next to a Daniel Tice. We saw the experiment last season, Christian Wood, Kelly Olynyk, kind of, you know, they both were interchangeably the four or five. And I think Kelly Olynyk's offensive skill set fit alongside Christian Wood a lot better last season. I think we're already kind of seeing some of the clunkiness of Daniel Tice in the offense this season, and that's why things have looked a lot better when Alperin Shingun slots in next to Christian Wood, which is why I might have to expedite my take about Alperin Shingun being the starter next to Christian Wood. I was, you know, I had had it pegged around All-Star break, uh, maybe just before or just after, and we might have to fast track that a little bit because the offense looks significantly better with P and Wood on the floor together than it does with Wood and Tice. But the part of this that I that stands out to me that's a little, little concerning is the idea that, you know, he doesn't want to be, you know, just a a pick it, you know, a pick and pick and pop or a, or a pick and roll rim running threat, and that there's more of an emphasis being comfortable, you know, having him with the ball in his hands, because ultimately those opportunities that he has as a rim running big, as a pick and pop big, are part of like a two-man game with somebody else, right? Be it John Wall, be it KPJ, be it, you know, and I'm talking about last season with John Wall, obviously. Um, so this season, be it Kevin Porter Jr., be it Jalen Green, be it, you know, any number of the other guys on the roster that he can run two-man game with. If he is not okay with being a, you know, a true rim running big and not focusing on that part of the game, that's where he gets a lot of easy buckets, right? By setting a good hard screen, by rolling hard to the rim, by allowing KPJ and Jalen Green to be, you know, to to draw in opposing defenses and be that center of gravity for the offense. And then Christian Wood just gets easy passes fed to him right at the cup or on the bounce on the way to the rim. Or if he pops out to the three point line, then he gets wide open three pointers. So I'm okay with him diversifying his game and wanting to be able to do more than just that, but I don't want to see him get away from that aspect of his game. And throughout three preseason games now, it's felt like he's gotten away from those aspects of his game, right? It's felt like we haven't seen enough pick and pop. It's felt like we haven't seen enough pick and roll involving Christian Wood getting fed right at the rim. And I'm worried that those opportunities, you know, if it's because it's not how he wants to play, then I'm worried that's going to really, you know, actually impact his effectiveness, right? Because last year he basically averaged 20 and 10. He got to 20 and 10 by being a rim running big and by being a pick and pop big. So why would you change? Why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So yes, build and expand upon that you know, those areas of his game, let him be more comfortable bringing the ball up the floor, having the ball in his hands, creating for himself, for his teammates. Sure. Let him do some of that, but don't go completely away from what made him so productive last season. That's my biggest takeaway. And it'll be interesting to see how the Rockets offense truly progresses in this, you know, final preseason game, as well as the early part of the season. If we see Christian Wood moving further and further away from being a traditional rim running big and getting away from what made him so effective in the offense last season, I am absolutely going to bash that decision every single night because that's what makes him so lethal, right? Is he's a guy that can create, that can have these opportunities created for him. Easy, high, you know, efficiency shot opportunities, be it wide open three point shots behind the arc from pick and pop opportunities or rolling hard to the rim and getting shots right at the cup or second chance opportunities, depending on what happens with the ball handler, be it again, KPJ, Jalen Green, whoever, 
you know, those opportunities are plentiful. And if they're going to just completely throw out what worked last season, I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be a little peeved, just throwing that out there. So I'd like to see, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I don't want to say cautiously optimistic. That's not the right terminology. I'm worried. I'm worried about that. And I'm worried about the direction that that goes. And I wonder if that's more of a, I wonder if that's a Christian Wood thing or a Steven Silas thing. And we'll see how that progresses throughout the, throughout the regular season. But a couple of the other things that I'm looking for in this final preseason game, Rockets, Spurs, 730 Friday night tip off. You know, I want to see Jalen Green hopefully put it together. Right. He had the first game against the Wizards where everything inside the arc looked pretty solid. He was getting to the rim. He was using his explosive athleticism to, you know, finish through defenders, over defenders, all of that right at the cup. Couldn't connect from outside. You flip that against the Miami Heat, connected a lot from the outside, couldn't get anything done against the interior defense of the Miami Heat. And then you had the Raptors game where OG Ananobi had uh, Jalen Green in hell. Only what, six shot attempts? Not a great showing from Jalen Green. So I want to see a bounce back game from him, right? He's had five days since the Raptors game Monday to kind of look at film, put it all back together. Um, and the Spurs, you know, we'll see how we'll see how he fares against the Spurs. I'm hopeful that he comes out with an aggressive mentality because I think that's what was missing against the Raptors is again, I use the term shell shocked a little bit. And I think that's exactly what happened is the Raptors defense had him uh, you know, was giving him fits and he couldn't get to his spots. He was getting pushed, you know, pushed out of the, you know, out of the, out of his comfort zones, all of that stuff. So I want to see him come out. And like we heard Steven Silas say post game after the, after the Raptors loss, I want to see Jalen Green come out and punch first, right? I want to see him come out and be aggressive. I want to see him look to get to his spots, create, get to his comfort zones and not let the Spurs manhandle him defensively because that's going to be something that we're going to see a lot of this season as Jalen Green gets up to speed at the NBA level is defense is being specifically game planned to take him out of what he wants to be able to do and if he acquiesces to that if he just you know is just like oh okay you know if he's you know indifferent about it or if he's just going to go out there and get less than 10 shot attempts and turn the ball over seven times every time that happens that's a bit gigantic red flag but I don't think that's that's who he is. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to have a really aggressive mentality in this game, trying to get his, but not, again, not just tunnel vision, right? He's still going to make the right reads, the right plays to his teammates and stuff. So I'm expecting and I'm, and I'm hopeful we're going to see a game where KPJ really does put it all together. Now, I'm expecting this game to be a bit more of like a dress rehearsal for the regular season. Uh, Daniel Tice is not going to be there and Eric Gordon's not going to be there. So the starting lineup is kind of, you know, not exactly going to be what it should be in the regular season. Here's to hoping that we get a starting lineup of KPJ, Jalen Green, Jayshon Tate, Christian Wood, and Alperin Shingun. Shingun has absolutely earned, you know, and, and shown that he's worth the minutes. I just wonder if Steven Silas is going to opt to go with Christian Wood at the five and running, say, you know, Daniel House Jr. or somebody else at the four spot instead and start small. I hope he starts with Alperin Shingun. That's what I would like to see. Um, and I think that's what the fans would like to see as well. And I think that has, you know, the chance to have be a really, really interesting, fun, exciting starting lineup in this game. So it'll be, you know, it'll be, I'm going to be waiting with bated breath to see what the actual starters are going to be for this game. But in addition to Jalen Green and his mentality, his aggressiveness, I do hope to see a little bit more out of Christian Wood, right? I want to see some of those effective plays that we saw last season. And if we don't, it'll continue to be that telltale sign that maybe things are different with how they're approaching the offense with Christian Wood this season. Um, 
And then my last my last point of emphasis is they need to get more shots up. Like they need to get more three point shots up. They were they were completely taken out of what they want to do uh, against the Miami Heat and against the Toronto Raptors, especially against the Raptors. They just didn't create enough quality looks. So you know my biggest thing in this game is you know monitor your turnovers. Right, get into your get into your sets without turning the ball over. Uh, you know, eighteen million times like they did against the Raptors, um, and create some good quality shots because I can live with if the offense is generating the good shots and the shots just aren't falling, that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that, right? If KPJ generates, you know, a bunch of wide open threes for Jalen Green and he goes, you know, two for eight or something or two for nine and just, you know, has an off night shooting the ball, that's acceptable to me. But what's not acceptable is live ball turnovers where you're then generating an, you know, an obscene amount of points for the opposing team and you're getting blown out of the water because you're just not executing. It's one thing if the execution's there and the shots just aren't falling, totally fine with that. Um, and again, the other part of that is KPJ is going to continue to have, you know, growing pains becoming the primary facilitator for this team being the true point guard for this Rockets team. And so I want to see him have another game where he's comfortable because against the Miami Heat and against the Raptors, it really looked like at points KPJ was kind of overthinking things where he was, you know, focused so hard on making the right pass, right? You know, overthink, oh, I've, you know, let me, let me make sure I get it to this guy. Like, you know, kind of almost tunnel vision some of his passes, like, like predetermining, you know, at the start of the play, like, oh, I'm going to try and get it to this guy in the corner, or I'm going to try and get it to this guy on the roll, rather than just seeing what the defense gives him and reacting accordingly, right? And sometimes that means just him taking the ball and scoring it himself. And that's what he needs to do as a non-traditional point guard, he needs to lean heavily into the ability that he has as a scoring threat, because that is going to be what keeps defenses honest, right? His ability to be a threat to go off for 20 plus on any given night is what's going to open things up for his teammates. As long as he is a threat to score the basketball, then he's going to be able to use that gravity, suck in defenses and create for his teammates. So I want to see him just hopefully be a little bit more, you know, flowy with his decision-making and not so much, not so, you know, rigid and calculated and thinking, okay, this is what I have to do. I'm going to make this move next, or I've got to make this pass next kind of, again, overthinking things. I just want to see him go out there and just hoop and just relax and just be good at what he does because he is good at what he does. He's got an, a ridiculous amount of talent. And I just want to see him go out there and just, you know, hoop it up a little bit. So those are some of my expectations for the, uh, Spurs Rockets preseason game. I think that we're not going to see a crazy, you know, 14, 15 man deep, rotation in this game uh i think it's you know the expectations are for it to be a bit more like a dress rehearsal so guys are probably going to play close to their regular season amount of minutes i think we're going to see a lot of the starters get some heavy burn um that kind of thing and hopefully they can wrap it out with a win i'd like to be able to talk about a rockets preseason win in the final preseason game um but at the same time still just looking for the development it's okay if that doesn't constitute a W as long as the development is there for the young guys. Cause that's the most important thing throughout this entire season to take away from, you know, as we're watching this young crop of Rockets players get, you know, grow into their own and get accustomed to uh, life at the NBA level. But that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, 
anywhere you listen to your podcast, free and available on all platforms. Make it your first listen when you can. I would sincerely appreciate it. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd absolutely killing it over at Locked on Fantasy Basketball, the best fantasy basketball expert in the world. Go check him out if you care about fantasy basketball. He will not let you down. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.